Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 83 Living Cast, episode 16. We're buying a car because we're now old enough to drive. In this episode of the 83 Living Cast, we're going to be chatting about the NFL and college basketball, and that's really about it because not a whole lot's going on in the world of sports right now. So, but what? We're, we're, if this is episode 16, that means we're 16 weeks old, not no, no, 16 no, no, no. years old. But if you I don't read think you the can law, buy a car at 16 the law weeks. dictates that if a podcast is greater or equal to 16 weeks old, it can drive. For a person, you have to be 16 years of age in the state of Iowa, at least. But for a podcast, which is totally defined in the law books, uh, it is only 16 weeks of age. But what? So does that mean like? We all three of us have to drive at the same time for the podcast to be able to drive. So, like, one of us gets the steering wheel, one of us gets the gas, and one of us gets the brake. I don't want Wyatt on the gas. Why? I'll be on the brake then. I just won't let off. <laughs> We're not, <laughs> We're going, not going, anywhere. going anywhere. That's fine. We'll just rev it up, make it sound cool. <laughs> That's what's uh, that did not sound <laughs> I'll, get the, I'll get the brake and the clutch at the same time. We don't have a we clutch. Have no, a clutch we're going to have a clutch. No, then I'll take the clutch and the, the shifter. You can have the brake and the gas, and Mike can steer. But that's too far away for a 16-week-old baby to reach. Are you sure? The clutch and the, the shifter? Are you sure? How big do you think a 16-week-old baby, baby is? Week-old baby I is. don't know. Like, like thir- three feet? Are we are we actually recording this right now? Is this actually is this this going in there? I mean, yeah. Sweet. Why would you okay. ask that? Because everything we're, we're we do is recorded, no Mike. Everything. So speaking okay. of stuff NFL. that makes no sense. No. The NFL Pro Bowl was happening. That was today. not even a good transition. And <laughs> that wasn't nobody even cares good. about the NFL Pro Some, Bowl. Somebody had to transition us somehow because we mean, were I not guess. on top. So the NFL Pro, yeah, Bowl the Pro Bowl happened. If you. Didn't know. It was raining in Orlando. That's where it was happening. What's new? Uh, one thing that we found out from the Pro Bowl is Jason Garrett still doesn't know how to coach when he has all the best players in the league. So, Cowboys suck. Uh, <laughs> I'm on air for that one. And also, also <laughs> quote him on that. the defensive players started playing a little bit of offense, and some of the offensive players were lining up as defensive ends, like Alvin Kamara and Zeke Elliott. Rushing the quarterback. So and Saquon Barkley. And Saquon Barkley. So that's your recap. Um the AFC throttled the NFC. Uh Patrick Mahomes run or one offensive player of the game and Jamal Adams won defensive player of the game. Go Pat. So go Chiefs and Jets. Go Pat, but not go the Pats. Yeah. Yeah. MVP Pat. Yep. MVP Pat. That's who he is. That's that what the P stands for in MVP. Yeah. Yep. Most valuable Pat. MV Pat. MV Pat. Let's go Chiefs. So the other thing that everybody's uh, starting to get a little amped for is the Super Bowl. So, well, <laughs> really, though, I'm not. excited. So a lot the of the Bowl. people in the country are going to be rooting for the Rams this upcoming weekend. Uh, minus our guest from last week, Arian Barry, I guess. But he's, he's not really for cheering for either, show, isn't he? either side. I want it to be a tie. Can we have a tie in the Super Bowl, please? Nobody gets to <laughs> win? fine. I don't want any of these teams really to win. Neither do I. I'm a little salty from last weekend still. But Everybody hates the Patriots and Stan Kroenke's a crook. But <laughs> both of the NFL teams flew into Atlanta this, week, this weekend. They actually flew in today. Um, and they're getting ready for their Super Bowl festivities coming up this week. Uh, the Pats are opening up as a two and a half point favorite in this football game. 
Well, no, technically the Rams opened up as about a one-point favorite, oh, okay. and then since the line opened since like last line. night, it's gone all the way to Pats by two and a half. Pats by two and a half. But we'll we'll see what the actual outcome of this game is. I don't I don't really know if there's too much else to analyze. So should we just say who we? Well, there's think a little bit. Li- there's a little bit to analyze here. So the bit the real interesting thing is to see what the Rams' offense can do against the Patriots' defense. I think that's the uh, matchup that's going to decide this game because the Rams' offense had been uh, had been struggling near the end of the regular season. I think part of that had to do was they were playing some cold-weather road games, uh, like the one in Chicago, which didn't help. I don't think that benefits the uh, Rams' offensive style. So it's going to be interesting to see what their offense can do. Again, just like last week, they'll be indoors in a dome, so weather will not be a factor. To be able to see what they do against a Patriots defense that's that's not great, but it's definitely definitely a uh, an acceptable defense for the Patriots. So I think that's the matchup to watch. It's going to be the Rams' offense versus the Patriots' defense is what's going to decide the game. Because Tom Brady's going to score some points because the Rams' defense is uh, not the best. Porous. Yeah, that, that's a good word for it. And uh, so Tom Brady's going to score some points, so it's going to matter if the Rams' uh, offense can keep up with Tom Brady or if, they are, uh, if they're not going to be able to rise to the occasion and Bill Belichick is going to stifle the hot offense of the, uh, the not-the-St. Louis Rams, as I was about to say, the Los Angeles Rams. And so I think the Rams are going to have to rely a lot on their run game uh, in this contest. Um, the Chiefs weren't able to successfully run the ball very well against the Patriots' defense uh, in the championship game last weekend. Um, but there is now a two-headed monster in the backfield uh, for L.A. with C.J. Anderson uh, being able to run people over and then Todd Gurley doing what he's been doing all year. Uh, so we'll see We'll see if the Rams' running attack, rushing attack, can um, help Jared Goff get some open and easy throws down the field. But I... What you're going to see from the Patriots is a lot of the same as last week. You're going to see James White getting at least 10 to 15 targets in this contest. You're going to see Sony Michelle trying to run the ball. If they get Sony Michelle to 100 yards rushing in this game, the Patriots are going to win. The only games that the Patriots have lost this season are games in which Sony Michelle has not reached 100 yards rushing. So if the Patriots can run the ball effectively, they have this game locked down. It's not going to be a contest. Uh, so the Rams' interior uh, defensive linemen of Namkin Sue and Aaron Donald will need to be effective in stopping the run this week. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, also James White out of the backfield is going to be interesting for the Patriots' offense too. Was it in the divisional round he caught like 28 passes or something, 26 maybe it was? I thought it was 19. Whatever. A large number of passes for anybody, much less a running back. So you're going to have to watch him, especially on uh, third down out of the backfield as a pass catcher too. Just like the uh, Rams have that two-headed monster running back, so do the Patriots. Just have a different variety with uh, Sony Michelle and, oh boy, I'm just blanking on the other guy's name. Rex Burkhead? No. What's the other guy's name? Sony Michelle and James, James White. White. Yeah, that's the other guy's oh, name. Well, and they also have Rex Burkhead who can pass catch and run the ball. Right, but not as well. as well as James White or Sony Michelle. You but yeah, correct. so those those are going to be the interesting uh, interesting ones to keep an eye on. Interesting matchups, and we'll have to see how the uh, Super Bowl turns out. Kyle, who do you got? Straight up, who do you got? Patriots, Rams. Take your pick. Patriots. 
It pains me to say this, but the Patriots are going to win. Why? From what I said, Sony Michelle is going to run for 100 yards and the Patriots are going to win this game. Tom Brady's not going to throw deep balls, deep throws all over the field uh, like Patrick Mahomes will, but he's going to dink and dunk you for between 5 to 20 yards. And Sony Michelle will rush for 100 yards. Uh, the Rams' rushing attack or rushing defense uh, hasn't been great. Uh, in the second half of the season, it was a lot better in the first half of the season, but that rushing attack will open up all those short yardage throws for Tom Brady, and he will unfortunately get his sixth ring. All right, Wyatt, what do you got? I also, oofta. I also got Pats. Um, it it just seems like the the most logical choice to make here, even if their defense is porous, as you said earlier. Uh, which, side note, reminded me of SpongeBob. He is um, a sponge. He is a sponge. Uh, absorbent and in yellow and porous is he. SpongeBob SquarePants. I, I still think Tom Brady, with Bill Belichick behind him, is going to absolutely destroy the uh, I don't want to say destroy the Rams, but they're going to win. Uh, I, they're currently favored, right? I think you said that Two earlier. Two and a half. Two, Two and, and a half. half. I think they're going to win by more than that. But, uh, yeah, I got Pats. Okay. I'm going to go uh, the other way of you two. I'm going to pick Lambs just because I think that with two weeks to prepare, I think that uh, Sean McVay is going to pull one over on Bill Belichick to, uh, to be able to find a way that this Rams offense is going to be able to move the ball very well against the Patriots' defense, which is going to be enough that will uh, allow the Rams to uh, get a victory. Plus, I think the Rams have the better special teams, which is often what it comes down to in a playoff game. And the Super Bowl is a playoff game, obviously. So I think it's going to come down to a special teams game, and there's going to be a big special teams play that the Rams are going to make, and the Patriots are not. That's why the Rams are going to win. Yeah. All right. One thing that I did see today that is kind of an interesting stat um, that I haven't really thought about. So uh, this is in regards to Tom Brady. So on average, Tom Brady has needed only about – nine wins per season in order to make it into the playoffs in their division in the AFC East. And so if you compare that to the likes of other quarterbacks like Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, they have both needed on average at least 11 wins or more to make it into the playoffs. If Tom Brady plays in a division that is more competitive, not the AFC East, will he have the same success as he has had for his entire career. I just want to debate that a little bit. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, I think that yes, because I don't think that – I mean, I think they've just been better. They've been, like, they've been better than not just their division, right, which granted, yes, has been a little stuff. They've been better than the entire league, right? The, the results in playoff games, the results in Super Bowls, the results in head-to-head matchups against best teams in the league prove that, right? That they've So sure, maybe they've had a little bit easier getting into the playoffs, but most years that they've made the playoffs, they haven't needed it. Because even if they've only needed maybe nine wins to beat the next best team in the AFC East, they've gotten 14. So it's not like they squeaked by at 10 when they only needed 10 to get in most years. They, were, they, they needed 10 and got 13 or 14 a lot of times. So it's not like they were just barely squeaking into the playoffs and then going on a magical run. They've been dominant during this run. So it's not like that. I don't. I think, yes, the division has benefited them some. I mean, getting to play the... Uh, the Bills Dol- twice, the, the Dolphins, Dolphins twice, and the Jets twice. Yes, has definitely helped maybe inflate those win totals a little more than some uh, 
than uh, some other some other teams who've played in tougher divisions. But I think they've just been so dominant that they that even in a different division they'd still probably have five Super Bowls. Because I mean, for example, the AFC West has been very competitive in recent years, and it's hard to come out of that division undefeated, like in divisional, like in your division in that in the AFC West. And same thing for the NFC North. Very competitive teams, very competitive, close games. And so it's hard to go undefeated. Yes, I do believe that Tom Brady has had weaker play against those teams. And they they haven't really had to put forth their best effort in those games. But you have to just look at how dominant they are. And now that he's been in more, he's appeared in more championship games than... How many let me pull up that number. He's appeared in more championship games. I put this on our 8311 cast Instagram. Uh let me let me pull that up real quick. Shout out to our Instagram at 8311cast. So this is actually a stat for Brady and Belichick. They have appeared in more championship appearances than 97 franchises in the four major sports. That includes the MLB, the NBA, the NHL, and the NFL. And there's a long there's a long list of teams and franchises on that list that they have played in more and appeared in more championship games. So they've just been dominant. That's that's really all there is to that. Yeah, they really have. They really have. And uh, and in general, the Patriots have also uh, part of the reason they've been so good is Belichick doesn't tolerate any nonsense. And they've uh, avoided a lot of off-the-field issues, which means one thing that most Patriots players have done is avoided being on a list of things football players shouldn't do. Which we have two more editions of this week. Two more things that football players shouldn't do. I'm excited. This is my by far favorite segment that we do. It's amazing. So the first thing that we have on things football players shouldn't do is decide not to pay your cab fare. Can somebody explain what happened here? So a Detroit Lions linebacker, um, probably a little upset with how his season went, um, has carried his frustration into the offseason and decided not to pay his cab fare uh, to his cab driver. And that's just something you should do. You, it's a service. You requested that service, pay for your service. You have the money, pay the cab driver. But it's what he did next that really got him on the list. So he he, came, he was on the list twice for yeah. almost the same thing. Yeah, so yeah, not only dumb. did he, not only did he decide to not pay his cab just, fare, just because we got to call him out to his name is Trevor Bates. Got him. That's his name. So Trevor Bates decided not to pay his cab fare, and then and then he went on to punch the cop that told him to pay his cab fare. Well, kind of. I, well, he got arrested and then he, still punched he a went cop. berserk and then punched a cop. He still anyway, punched the same cop. problem. Don't punch a cop. First of all, just don't punch a cop. Second of all, don't punch the cop that tells you to well, pay your cab fare. Don't do something that's going to get the cops called on you so you can get arrested. So pay your cab fare. And then when the cops show up, don't punch them. Don't give them another reason to throw you in jail. So we should go through real quick on a, a brief rundown of our current list of things football players can, should do. Can I do. just call out one player in general? Please. Josh Gordon, if you wouldn't have gotten high, <laughs> he'd be in the Super Bowl. But he got high. And now he's suspended and not in the Super Bowl. So, Ouch. 
some other things that football players shouldn't do. And first of all, if you're a football player, don't don't do any of these things. Don't do a single one of these things because they're bad. So first of all, we have beat your family members. Don't do it. Get into a fight in a nightclub. Not even specifically in London. Just any nightclub. Don't get into a fight there. Don't do it. Graffiti the bridge in Brookside Park. Looking at you, Brian Peavy. Throw a dumbbell at the head coach. Come on now. Run over a cop. Not only should you not punch a cop, you also shouldn't run over a cop. Get caught not watching film. Run off the sidelines to make a tackle. Like, come on now. You play football on the field. Have to get pulled over, pulled out of an on-field fight by a cop. Come on. Come on, Baylor. Don't drive over 100 miles per hour in your car. Don't do it. Don't tweet upside down. That's just immature. Stealing from your teammate's locker. Not cool, dude. Don't do it. Argue with your coach over wearing a jacket. That's just so silly. Don't do it. Not listening to our things football players shouldn't do. You should definitely listen to this list. Come on now. Don't tweet anti-gay things on Twitter. Don't decide not to play your cab fare. And don't punch the cop. So play your cab fare? Pay your cab you fare. Well okay, I just threw an it. extra L on there. Leave me alone. Or Eve me alone. Take that L out and replace it. <laughs> and then don't punch the cop who tells you to pay your cab fare. That is the list of things football players shouldn't do by the 8311 cast. Abide by these rules and you will probably be a decent football player. That's true. And if you do, if any of you listeners find something that a football player has done that he shouldn't have done, Feel free to send it our way, and we will add it to the list of things football players shouldn't do in case we miss have, have missed something or missed something in the future. We'd love to get your input on more things football players shouldn't do. You can DM us on Instagram or DM us on Twitter at 8311cast on both social media platforms. Yeah, and if you guys love beef on Twitter, one of the fast food chains that prioritizes itself in beef. Burger King and Chick-fil-A got into a little bit of a tussle on Twitter. So Chick-fil-A announced that they will be closed on Sunday per usual. And Burger King decided to tweet back or reply to them and comment and say, well, for all of those people out there who are disappointed by this, we will in fact be open on Super Bowl Sunday. And then Chick-fil-A responds, well, there's actually nobody who cares if you're open for for food at the, at the Super Bowl on Sunday. So Chick-fil-A has some serious Twitter game and I, they're trying they're trying to match Wendy's Twitter game. Wendy here. I was going to say Wendy's Twitter game is awesome. Is top so Taco shell. Bell's though. Taco Bell Taco has a pretty Bell's fire Twitter feed. Yeah, fire good. sauce, you get it? Fire Twitter feed. That was Boo. gross. That was disgusting. I thought Boo. it was great. Go take a walk outside. It is snowing and blowing outside, which has me pissed off. Yeah, it does. It does. I am apparently the only person in this apartment that's pissed off because it is snowy and blowy and going to be like negative 50 windshield here in Ames, Iowa, where we're recording later this week. And I'm very unhappy about it. I'm a native Iowan. I'm used to the cold. I still don't like it at all. And that's what has me pissed off this week. Yeah, it's going to be cold. So what? Deal with it. I'm pissed. I don't like it. I don't like it. I just don't like it. It's freeze your face off weather. I know. I'm unhappy. It is, but I just don't care. Yeah, you should. Well, you're from Minnesota. You're and like, there's something wrong with you in your head. So, to all of our listeners, just to all of our listeners out here, don't take any cold weather advice from Mike. Don't just don't listen to him. Just disregard it. 
Don't even store it in your head. That's a waste of storage. Yo, Mike's like that guy you see on campus that's walking around while it's snowing with shorts on. No, and like, yeah, it's not, not even cold. I do not. It's do not that. cold out. I'm see, wearing shorts. See, you guys so, need to get used no. to it. So Mike, when it's 32 degrees out, well, he'll be like, oh, it's sweatshirt weather. But it drops to 28 degrees and he starts yelling at people for not having their hats on, their winter hats on. So I just don't get him. What more does no, he no, want no, from no. me? See, 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 I don't care about the cold because I'm prepared for it. Not because I don't care. I don't not care about the cold because I don't think it's cold. I don't care because I'm prepared for it. You don't not care about. Okay. Don't use double negatives. I have don't a question, not ever though. use double negatives. So when when do you pull out your winter coat after Thanksgiving? No winter coats before Thanksgiving. But That's what if it gets super cold before Thanksgiving? No Wouldn't that make you unprepared? No, because I'm prepared with multiple sweatshirts. No winter coats before Thanksgiving. Also. The reason your I logic got, doesn't compute. The reason I got upset at you for not wearing your hat was not because you weren't wearing your hat. It was because the reason you weren't wearing your hat is that you didn't want to mess up your hair. That is an awful reason okay, not to wear a hat. But I had a meeting with our senior design client, and I wanted to make a good first impression. So wear a hat. I'm on Kyle's side with this. There's some times where you just don't want to mess up your hair. I feel that. I feel that. College basketball. Can we talk about some basketball now? I think we're done with football, and I'm pissed off about the well, weather. Well, I mean, and I just don't want to. Everything's I, cold outside, but it's definitely heating up for Cyclone basketball hoops. That is true. Yeah, it really is. Uh, the uh, Cyclone women's team uh, had a uh, a mixed week. They uh, started the week. They went on the road uh, and played Baylor down in Texas. And um, well, they had a decent first half. They stuck with Baylor for the first half. And then the second half did uh, did not go that well, and they ended up uh, getting crushed by Baylor in the second half and losing. But Baylor is the number two team in the nation and a legit national championship contender. Nobody doubts that. So um, nobody's really that upset that the Cyclones lost to Baylor. It just kind of is what it is. Would have been nice to get a win, but on the road, that's not one you expect to get. They did rebound, though, by uh, beating OK State, Oklahoma State, on the uh, on the road. Yesterday, that was a very nice win for the Cyclone women. They started off hot, scored 32 points in the first quarter, and then they uh, they kept going forward from there. It was really good. They held on. Oklahoma State made a late run, but the Cyclone women were able to hold on and uh, get the win. They should still be ranked when the uh, next rankings come out on Monday, so that'll be good. They'll continue their streak of being being ranked here for a few consecutive weeks. They have uh, at least one upcoming game this week. They'll play Texas Tech at Hilton Coliseum on Tuesday, and Texas Tech is not good, so that's a game that the Cyclone women absolutely have to win. So it was up and down week for the Cyclone women, but overall it was pretty good. No one's upset with that loss to Baylor, so everyone everyone's pretty good there. Speaking of up and down weeks, though, the Cyclone men also had an up and down week this week. On Big Monday, they traveled down to Lawrence, Kansas, seeking a season sweep of the Jayhawks. And that game did not go um, in the Cyclones' favor. For the most part, Iowa State was in control of this game, uh, at least at halftime and most of the way, about at least halfway through the second half. Um, you could really start to see KU build momentum in the second half, though, as they really picked up the tempo, the pace. They were getting into their offensive rhythm. And that was the best they looked offensively in their most recent games. Uh, Iowa State still had his struggles of rebounding. Uh, Diedrich Lawson was a beast on the inside, and we really could not contain him. And it didn't help that Cam Lard had 5,009 minutes of play. 
or six minutes of play. What was it? Six minutes or nine minutes? Six or seven. Six or seven minutes. So Cam Lard looked like he wasn't at all a part of that game. Um, And the Cyclones really let this game slip away. And the final score was close, but they just weren't able to uh, stop KU when they needed to. And Dietrich Lawson hit an absolute devastating three um, to put them out of reach at the end of that game. Cyclones still missed free throws. That's something we'll be talking about all week or all season, not just all week. Um, but there's just details that the Cyclones needed in order to win that game. But they really improved in their uh, next top 25 matchup of the week as they steamrolled number 20 Ole Miss in Oxford, Mississippi. That game wasn't even really close when it started. Yeah, Ole Miss started. They missed. I, they were missed nine sh- their first nine shots to start the game. I think Ole Miss was really missing on everything. Stop. You were trying to get that so hard. I didn't want it. No, but, bad. But the Cyclones were really – they really played – well, I can't really say that they played a complete game because there were a lot – there was a lot of issues with rebounding. Uh, Ole Miss was able to get a lot of rebounds um, and get a lot of offensive rebounds with their seven-foot center. So boxing out was a big issue again, something I've been talking about and getting upset about all season. Make sure you box out on your free throws, which we had issues with that again. So, but the Cyclones also had too many turnovers in this game. If the Cyclones didn't shoot uh, 69% for the game and over 70% in the second half, this game would have been a different story. Um, They had way too many turnovers. There were too many loss lost ball turnovers and loose ball turnovers in this game. That is something that needs to be cleaned up before Big 12 play resumes this week. So overall, a great bounce back win. Linda Wigington and Cam Lard provided a huge spark off the bench. Taylor Horton Tucker had his best game in Big 12 conference play this week or uh, against Mississippi, and he scored 23 points, and he just kind of had his way. Uh, Ole Miss was running a 1-3-1 zone, uh, and the Cyclones were playing high-low with Taylor Horton Tucker at the four and either Lard or Jacobson down on the post, and he had his way. Taylor Horton Tucker had his way at the four position throughout the game, and they really couldn't stop him. So overall, a great team win for the Cyclones on the road. Now looking forward to this week, Iowa State will play host to West Virginia with Bob Huggins in his stool. Be sure to uh, pay attention to that game. Not not giving anything out, but look around for a certain stool that might make an appearance in this upcoming game. And then we also play host to Texas this upcoming weekend on Saturday. Horns down. Longhorn Nation, horns down. Uh, and these are two must-win games. Texas is – or West Virginia, pardon me. West Virginia is the worst team in the conference by a, by a large margin. And – Texas is near the bottom of the conference as well. well. So these are two must-win home games. We cannot lose either of these games if we are going to keep ourselves in contention for the Big 12 title, regular season title. The Cyclones are currently sitting in a tie uh, at 5-2, or 4-3, sorry, in conference play. Uh, both KU and K-State are tied in first place with a 5-2 and two record yep. in conference play going down the stretch. 
Yep, so the Cyclones and Texas Tech are tied for fourth, one game back. Baylor is in third place at four and two, just half a game back. Yep. Yep. Of KU and K-State. So we'll see how this second half of conference play plays out. Uh, The Cyclones don't have to play KU again, so everybody will kind of be chasing KU, and the Cyclones are going to need some help if they want to have any shot at winning the Big 12 season or regular season title. I hope Kansas doesn't win it. That's really I, all I want. I'm, if I'm rooting State, for everybody but Kansas. Right, yep. K-State right beating Kansas and winning the Big 12 would, would be kind of fun. I would like that. That would be enjoyable. That It would just be good to not have KU win the Big 12 for once. I'll never hear the end of it from my family in Kansas City, but it would still be enjoyable to see, K, to see KU get usurped as kings of the Big 12. That's true. And as you did hear that uh, Iowa State did play that weird non-conference game against Ole Miss on Saturday. That was part of the uh, annual Big 12 SEC Challenge. Which has been renewed for six more years. Has it? So that will continue with weird non-conference games that I don't really like in the middle of conference play. But just to fill you in, the Big 12 actually won that Big 12 SEC Challenge. Six to four. The Big 12 won six games. The SEC won four games. So I think that kind of might cement the Big 12 as the best conference in college basketball. It was sort of a toss-up, just looking at the teams, sort of a toss-up between the Big 12 and the SEC. So I think the fact that the Big 12 uh, took that challenge 6-4 to four cements the Big 12, at least right now, as the best conference in college basketball, especially with teams like Iowa State, Texas Tech, KU, K-State, all of which are the top of the conference, all of which are really, really good teams, and three of which got... Uh, no, K-State did lose the Big 12 SEC Challenge game, but two of them got big wins, Texas Tech and uh, Iowa State getting big wins against their SEC rivals to help show the Big 12 as the better conference. And so overall in this series, the Big 12 is 3-1-1 one, one in this all-time series that's been going on for five years now. Or not that I get the Big 12 is 3-1-1. One, one. Uh, so three wins, one loss, and one tie. Um but overall, looking at it, the Big 12 is going to have at least, probably at least five teams make the tournament, maybe six teams, uh, if one can sneak in on the bubble. So this is a very deep Big 12 conference, and as you can see, any team on any given night can beat anyone in this conference, as West Virginia has already beat KU this season. Um, with And with Baylor early season looking like a team that wasn't going to be great, beating Iowa State. Uh, in Waco so nobody knows what they're going to get from any given team on any night in this conference and I think all around that the conference is more well-rounded than the SEC is now you're going to have a lot of people saying that this wasn't a good indicator of how well the SEC can play with LSU Auburn and Mississippi State three teams who have all been ranked at the top 25 this season uh, were not a part of this challenge since the SEC does have more schools in this tournament in their uh, conference than the Big 12 does. but I mean, Everybody has more schools than the Big that's 12. That's true. But um, earlier this season, Oklahoma State dismantled LSU in a neutral court, and at that point, LSU was ranked. And Oklahoma State is in the bottom tier of the Big 12 this year, so that argument has already been rebuttaled um, by, by an earlier season win. So... I believe that the that the Big 12 has cemented themselves as the best basketball conference at least this year again. 
Yeah, and that's very good. That's very good for the prestige of the conference because we were a really good uh, football conference this year too with Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa State, West Virginia. So being very, uh, very highly ranked in both football and basketball is quite the accomplishment for a conference that a lot of people a few years ago said was dying out. So it's really good for the conference to be able to stay relevant in the two revenue-generating sports. And with that, it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week. I've been waiting on pins and needles for this segment since this afternoon. That sounds painful. What are you going to do? That sounds painful. Yeah, but this is a really good one. Are you excited? Pinful? Pins and needles? Boo. Get it? Get it? Get it? Get it? Okay, now I'm pissed off. <laughs> hey, too <laughs> late. You already missed do, your do, chance. Do, do we rewind <laughs> and, and go, to the, go to the who's pissed off segment again? <laughs> That's not Rewinding back to. This isn't click. Isn't that, wasn't that the movie with Adam Sandler with the... He got the yeah, remote where you could, could pause your life. Yeah, yeah, you could you rewind, rewind it or fast forward. He had that. Anyway, Mike, go. <laughs> yeah, Mike's amazing rules. Stupid. Mike's stupid rules with two O's. Yep. So there's a uh, there's a new rule slash point of emphasis in college basketball this season. Oh, thank God it's not a hockey rule. Yes. That uh, that has been I've seen called more frequently. Oh, the hook is it the hooking call? It is. It's it's the uh, hook and hold. The hook and hold. So what this is. So this is a new emphasis. It's a tactic that uh, is being – no one's going to officially say they're teaching it, but people are teaching it for rebounding, where what you do is when you're boxing somebody out, you uh, hook your arm around theirs, and it's sort of a subtle way that's easy to get away with to sort of keep them from jumping quite as high to hold them down so you're able to uh, to jump up and secure a rebound. And so the NCAA made this a uh, point of emphasis this year. So now when there's a situation where a referee thought their possible hook and hold has occurred, they can actually go in, they can go to the video monitor and review it. And if they decide to call a hook and hold, so that would mean you, right, like I said, you hook your arm around the arm of the person you're boxing out. Either over or under. Yep, and keep it there throughout the course of the rebound, right? So there's the hook and then the hold is keeping it there throughout the rebound. They will actually... uh, call you after looking at the monitor they will call you for a flagrant one foul which results in two free throws and the ball for your opponent regardless of the situation do you think we can get away with this in intramural basketball i think you would probably be able to get away with this in intramural basketball yes because the intramural basketball refs aren't the greatest (laughs) no offense to any of the intramural basketball refs. and there's only there's only two of them instead of three so it's harder for them to get full court coverage isn't there four officials on a normal do you want a basketball court no there's three there's There's three three, and then you have the one behind the scores table well right but he doesn't get to call fouls yeah but he, he does he has a shirt on doesn't he yes and so for all of our listeners out there, just in case you were wondering, a flagrant flagrant one foul is still essentially Excuse a... Excuse me, this is my rules segment. Stop talking. It's, it's a, you don't get to talk about the rules during Mike's rules segment. That's I'm explaining a flagrant one, though. I was going to get there. A flagrant one is still a common foul as it goes for a foul for you. It's not a technical foul, so it's not an extra foul assessed to you at all. We should assess but it's Mike still two a flagrant... Shots and the ball. We should assess Mike a flagrant two foul and eject him from this podcast. But he's the one who <laughs> broke it. It was my segment and he started talking about the rules during my rules Then come segment. up with a rule that I don't know. I mean, that's what the hockey part is, right? Yeah. I was filling in our listeners on a new rule on a common sport. That I appreciate that. Watch. I actually didn't know that. I, was so a, I, was good, I did appreciate yeah. it. I, we were actually watching it and it happened in the KU-Kentucky game last night. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. True. I was not. That's when I got inspired to do this rule. 
for today's podcast. Well, I appreciate that. I, I like this segment when it's not not a hockey rule. We'll make sure we go back to hockey next week just for you. Nah. You like hockey. You were watching the All-Star game with me I, the I, other night. I don't so mind watching There hockey. was a lot of scoring in that All-Star game. That's what happens when it's three-on-three. Three. Why don't they just play three-on-three three hockey all the time? It because makes it more exciting. Stupid. It makes it more exciting. No, it doesn't. That's stupider than Mike's stupid rules. I agree. I agree. So are you done with your rules now or are you going to keep whining? Uh, no, I'm going to be done now because Kyle just ruined it. So. I, feel like, I feel like he just wants to – he's going to whine more tonight anyway uh, until he goes to bed in about half an hour. You want some so. cheese with that wine? So my dad always told me when I was a kid, you want some cheese with that wine? I'm like, yeah, I like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did he cheese when you said that? What about what? Did he give you cheese when you responded that you did want some? No. Well, that's unfortunate. Cheese is good. I agree with that. But let's stop talking about cheese and start talking about this accountability session. Yeah, we got a medium-sized accountability session coming up for you this week. Medium, like the medium-sized order of Big Mac stuff that I get from McDonald's. Medium fries. Best deal. That's all I got. Bye. Cool. This is not a promotion for McDonald's. No, don't get McDonald's. you get fat. I'm going to say that the first one is one prediction that really came off the board last week. But uh, when I was scrambling to put this outline together after the Chiefs loss, I forgot to include it in our accountability session. And that was Kyle's prediction that Pat Mahomes will throw 10 touchdown passes in the playoffs. That didn't happen. Not close. So Kyle gets a nah. I'm very sad about that one. I was banking on the Chiefs going at least to the Super Bowl, which means he would have only had to throw like, like three about and a three half a game. A game yeah, three and so. a third. But they didn't. And he didn't throw any in their first game, so it's okay. We gave you a soft man. Nah. wasn't wasn't a hard one, so mm-hmm. you know. Still, I'm still bitter about that loss. Yep. Our second prediction to come off the board was one from Wyatt that I am going to make it to all my classes during the first two weeks. And now, so uh, I did it! I did it! Mom, look, I did it! Yes, yes. Technically, Wyatt did do it. So one of the things he did say is he'd verify it by uh, putting something on our group Snapchat that showed that he was in class. And he did forget a couple of times, but he did later show us the notes that he made it to class. So um, we are giving it to him, even though we really don't want to. But yes, Wyatt is going to get that prediction correct. That was a triple for Wyatt. Good job. Congratulations. For all of our listeners who don't actually know Wyatt, this is an anomaly. So... I don't, I don't think this has ever happened before in my life. I'd like to thank my mom and my alarm clock for kicking me up every morning. And I just really appreciate this right that down coming true. Thank you all so much. You're going to miss a class tomorrow, aren't you? Most likely. <laughs> you guys should have started like playing me out. Like at the, is that the Grammys when people like give their speech and they start playing them off the stage? Mm. That would have been a missed have, opportunity you have, you there. You have the mixer, not us. So. That is fair. Should have pressed the uh, Grammys playing off music portion. I didn't know we had a button for that. Yeah, totally. We do. Nice. You What's the next thing? What else is coming off the board? Uh, next come off the board is a prediction from myself that Derek Rose would finish in the top three in Western Conference Guards in the All-Star vote. And he did finish second in the Western Conference Guards. So I uh, get that correct. So I get a ding, 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 ding. And our last prediction to come off the board was that uh, Therese Halliburton will take less than six shots for Iowa State versus Kansas, which did happen, 
But then late, Aoyan also tacked on that we would win, and we did not beat KU. So unfortunately for that prediction, Aoyan will get a nah. On his nah. first ever write that down prediction for himself. That was special for you, Ariana. I bet if we do it loud enough, he could hear us in Lawrence. Maybe, maybe not. Probably I doubt not. it. But the, wind, <laughs> the wind is blowing <laughs> too hard. That is true. Is it blowing to the south? Uh, no, it's no, not. It's blowing no. to the west. I know. I was just out there. That's what pissed me off. I walked outside in here and then we were recorded, and that's why I'm pissed. Anyway. Anyway, all right, Kyle, what do you got for you write that down prediction this week? So this week, piggybacking off of what I was saying earlier in this episode, Sony Michelle will rush for a hundred yards or more in the Super Bowl. Guys, what is your what is your take on that? I'm feeling double. Yeah. What do you think? I about? mean, that was comfy with a double. Right. Beat me to it. Alright. Double for that one. Kyle will get a double for that prediction. Alright, you want to go next, Wyatt? Yeah, so mine is kind of the traditional Wyatt prediction, which is that there will be a safety in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Which is so, triple. Extremely un- a triple. It's extremely yep. unlikely. It's like a Okay, but the Rams defense has had quite a few safeties. Know, and and really, they have the safety. best punter in the league. Oh, I yep. want a safety so bad. So I'm happy with the triple. You've got a safety and a one point safety prediction now on the game because earlier in the year you <laughs> predicted that there would be a one point safety this year, which there hasn't been. There's going to be one in the Super so Bowl. If there's a one point safety, does that count as a safety? So he gets both of those. T- I mean, yes, yeah, it's a safety. Okay. It's a safety. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. What do you got, Mike? All right. My prediction, I'm uh, going to do my first non-sports prediction and say that ISU will cancel some classes this week, like university official cancel class because of weather. Might be a half day, might be a full day. It'll probably be on Wednesday if it happens with the 50-ish below wind chills that were projected to get Wednesday morning. But my prediction is that ISU will cancel some classes. So what if ISU cancels night classes and none of us have night classes? They're not going to cancel then, night classes. Then ISU would have canceled some classes this week. I don't think that's even going to happen. That, that, and for all of our listeners out here, if your professor cancels a class, like if professors cancel a class, that does not count. No, this has got to come directly you, from yes, Wendy. From, from Wendy. Dr. Wendy Winterstein. The, the one who brought us this cold weather this year. The 16th president of Iowa State that we're talking about on the 16th episode of our podcast. This is mind-blowing. This is like conspiracy-level coincidence stuff. For all of our listeners out there, uh, one of your 8311 cast uh, creators got a picture with Wendy Winterstein on the Alamo Bowl trip this year. That was... That would be me. Kyle. (laughs) And it's going to go down in history. It's a great picture. I get a home run for that prediction, right? No, a uh, double. You get a I, single. A single? I like a double. Single. It's Iowa definitely State, gonna happen. Iowa State hasn't canceled a class since 2014, and that was with how how high are the supposed 51 to be? Minus 51 degree wind But single. I don't. I like a double. Single. Josh, break the tie here. Uh, Come in here and break the tie. Single or double? Single. He's thinking. Josh is thinking. He has his hand on his chin in the thinker's man pose, really, really digging deep and seeing how. How likely it is that he's Dr. prepared Wendy for this all day? He slept in President, until noon. President double. Wendy he Winterstein. He, he said, said double. double. I was gonna keep going. Is she actually? She is actually our 16th president, right? I didn't just spout. I crap. don't know. And you are correct that 20 February 21st, 2014 was the last time Iowa State canceled. Yeah, I know that was true. Um, yeah. So we're giving Kyle a double, 
And now Josh has his prediction coming and, up. And Get in here, Josh. And double, too, which is what we were actually discussing. Ooh, did I say Kyle? Oofta. Yeah. See, this is why I shouldn't. Hi, I'm Kyle. He's Mike. What? <laughs> have, Usually have people you met get us? us confused. You've only lived with us for a year and a half. Are you sure you know our names? Nope. Okay. No idea. So let's get Josh in here. Or Josh, what's this guy's name? I forgot. Something like that. <laughs> get in here. What's your prediction? All right. Uh, my prediction might take a little explaining, but uh, I uh, predict that uh, the Cyclones are going to, the basketball team are going to outscore their opponents the next three games in a total of 35 points. So, like. So combined, the point differential will be plus 35 in Iowa State's next three games. Yeah. So we're playing WVU, West Virginia, Texas, and then Texas. I don't know who's after that. And this is assuming that we win all three games, correct? Well, we could lose. We we could, yeah, we could lose them. So if we lose, that would be a negative point difference, obviously. Exactly. Um, It's got to be positive point differences. Oklahoma. But I mean, if we lose by like five points, that's minus five off the total point. So then the other ones would have to win by a combined forty. Oklahoma in Norman is the third game in that stretch, by the way. Oof. I don't think we're going to beat West Virginia by 10 or more. I'd be willing to give Ooh. him a triple. Yeah, that's that. I, I put three I'm fingers I'm going to give up. him a triple. I'm that's, okay with a triple. That's a three-game stretch, in which case we could get blown out in one of those games. Yep, which was a, that's a lot of... I don't think it will happen, but it could. It's certainly a possibility. Or we could blow somebody out. Yep. Triple. Triple. Triple sounds good to me. And with the end of Josh's... Write that down. This also concludes the write that down segment, which therefore concludes the episode. On that surprising conclusion. <laughs> stop that. Do you really want to get sued? They you don't gotta say stop. that. On Jeremy that Clarkson's going to come on the show and punch one of us in the face and then get fired from It won't be me. So. I'd honestly love to have Jeremy Clarkson in this room with us. Though. Oh, we could have just a sport or a, a motorsport dedicated episode. Talk about, well, it's not really even F1 season anymore. I mean, it's not F1 Mike season. Mike and I sit and listen. I'm okay with that. I do it. Jeremy, if you're uh, listening to this, please come on our show. He'd definitely call you a blithering idiot, though. That's because I am. It's cold as hell here, though, so uh, be, be forewarned. But like I was saying, with the conclusion of the Write That Down segment and Josh's Write That Down, this is also the conclusion of the episode. Thank you for listening to episode sweet 16 of the 8311 cast. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at 8311cast. That's 8311cast. Uh, signing off for the 8311cast, we have your hosts... Kyle Murch. Mike Ludwig. And Wyatt Teeter. Uh, thanks again for listening. We will bring all things forward to your beautiful ears again next week on Monday. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. See you next week.